Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the John Cast. My name is John. It's good to be with you all. Thanks so much for listening. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different uh, than normal. This episode is not going to exist in a larger teaching series or anything like that. Uh, this episode, I really wouldn't even consider it a sermon or a teaching like I normally put on this feed. Um, I just want to have a conversation today. I just want to talk, and specifically, I want to talk about the Bible. Uh, a few weeks ago, I posted something on Instagram, uh, which if you're not following me, you can do that now, at John Jorgensen. Um, but for those of you who are following me on Instagram, you may have seen this post. Um, and the post gained a little bit of traction uh, and was passed around to several different folks. And it seemed to really strike a nerve uh, based on its engagement. And so I thought, hey, I'd really love to unpack this a little bit more because it seems to be uh, speaking to a tension and a difficulty and a frustration that a lot of people are feeling. And it was a post specifically around the Bible and our engagement with the Bible as modern Westerners. So the, the post is sort of a, it's a carousel post. And the, the image, the first image, it's a graphic, uh, and it just says, why the Bible is difficult for modern Americans. Now, before we dive into the why and the, the actual uh, content of the post, I, I just want to say from the outset, I love the Bible. I genuinely do. Um, I am a, a self-proclaimed Bible nerd. I am someone who reads the Bible very, very consistently. I read books about the Bible. Uh, I, the Bible has played an important, foundational, and transformative role in my life. I am not the same person that I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And a big part of that is because of the work that God has done in my life through the words of the Bible. So I want to say that up front. I love the Bible. The Bible is fantastic. At the same time, there has been no book in my life that has confused me more. There has been no book in my life that has frustrated me more. There are still many parts of the Bible where I have no idea what is going on. Uh, there is no book that I have returned to more than the Bible, but also have had significant seasons where I was just disinterested or disengaged from it. There's been no book that has frustrated me more and uh, given me more problematic passages than the Bible. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this book. And I imagine many of you do as well. As much as I know everyone, of course, who listens to this podcast is an all-American Christian boy or girl, and you would say, yeah, the Bible's the greatest thing in the world, I think deep down all of us have these struggles. And regardless of whether we're willing to be honest about it or not, I think those struggles exist. Um, or maybe you're someone who wouldn't even consider yourself a Christian, and a big part of that is because of the Bible. Or you're wondering kind of where you fit within the Christian faith because of the questions and the doubts and the frustrations and the reservations you have about the Bible. I think all of this and all of these feelings are why this post that I posted on Instagram a few weeks ago, why it seemed to resonate with so many people. Because for one reason or another, we as specifically modern Americans, modern Westerners, we really struggle with this book. 
And so the goal of the post was to start to give some language and start to give some perspective as to why the Bible is so difficult. Uh, and that's going to be the point of this podcast as well. So the next, uh, if you kind of swipe on the post, what you'll find are two columns. One says kind of, one says what we're used to, meaning, uh, the ways that we have been conditioned to read and to think and to communicate and to interact in our modern Western world, that's in the first column. And then the second column is what the Bible asks of us or what the Bible expects or asks of its readers. And then I give several examples kind of going down. And so what I want to do is I want to show you kind of these examples and then unpack them a little bit more than I was maybe able to do in an Instagram post. So why is the Bible so difficult for us as modern Americans? Well, first, and this is a pretty obvious one, what we are used to in our contemporary context is a modern Western worldview. If you were born or grew up the major or spent the majority of your life in the United States, you have been given as a result of the community and the, the culture that you grew up in, you have been given a modern Western worldview or a modern Western way of looking at the world. That's just the lens through which you see the world. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just the reality. Yes. Where it can be troublesome is that the Bible was written from an ancient Middle Eastern worldview. What the Bible is an archive of is an ancient Middle Eastern way of thinking and communicating. And so that is not to say that the Bible itself cannot speak to our modern Western world. I absolutely believe it can. But when we come to the Bible with an expectation or a misunderstanding that it is speaking from the context of a modern Western world, that's when we start to run into trouble. What we actually have to do is the very difficult work of reading the Bible first and foremost in an ancient Middle Eastern context which means we have to do some work to understand what that ancient Middle Eastern worldview is, and then we have to translate those words to our modern Western world. That is the work of a historian, and that is the work of a scholar. Like, I, I want to be honest, that is not an easy thing to do. However, we can do it, but I think that's one reason why the Bible can be so frustrating is because we come to it with an expectation that it was written in 2024, 2020. Uh, and it's just not that simple. All right, the next thing. What we are used to, how in 2020 uh, we are used to uh, engaging with content and how we're uh, used to reading and uh, consuming media is through headline reading and scrolling. We are used to scrolling through Instagram at intense speeds. We are used to going through Twitter and reading 240 characters or less and being inspired or being convicted or being frustrated or enraged and immediately reacting to it. Uh, we're used to kind of scrolling through Netflix, watching 15 minutes of a trailer, deciding that's not for us, and just moving on. It's these quick hits, these quick punches. That is how so many of us consume our media right now. 
And once again, the Bible asks something very, very different. What the Bible asks of its readers is a willingness to enter into deep, contemplative meditation. Psalm 1 uh, paints this picture of the ideal reader of Scripture, uh, this person that, that meditates on this word day and night, that chews it over, that sits with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just turns over the words in their mind, that returns to these passages time and time and time and time again. This is very different this is a very different way of engaging with writing and literature and, and uh, conversations around truth and good and evil in the world. It's a very, very different way of engaging with that type of uh, content than a podcast like this or a, a Twitter feed or stream. It's very, very different. And, and unfortunately, what has happened so often is most of our... Uh, exposure to scripture in the modern day, unless we are daily readers of the Bible, most of our exposure is through quick little inspirational verses that have been plucked out of their context and put into an inspirational graphic or meme or picture. And that if that is our exposure to the Bible, mostly that it's just filled with these inspirational, you know, tweetable quotes then we start to come to Scripture with the expectation that it is going to give us that on page after page. But unfortunately, that is not what we find. What we find is ancient Jewish meditation literature. It does not reward us for going and just searching for the inspirational 40 to 240 characters. It rewards those who are willing to read a psalm, sit with it, breathe, meditate on it, and then read it again, and then return to it the next day, and then return to it the next week. And slowly over time, the Spirit of God begins to work and reveal things to us about what's happening in the text. So, next thing that we are definitely used to in our culture, especially in a year like this, especially in these last few weeks, what, we're ve- what we have unfortunately become very used to in the modern Western world, is polarized us versus them thinking and communication. I don't think I need to talk about this for too long. We all lived through the election. Yes, so much of what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, the conversations that we have, they exist in a world that is so obsessed with putting them in one category and us in another. And unfortunately, once again, one of the ways that we, especially the church, have misused the Bible is we use the words of Scripture as a way to bolster the us-versus-them conversation. We, We think we can pull words out of Scripture and use them to justify our position and demonize the them position. But that is not at all what the vast majority of the words of Scripture are meant to do. But instead, what we find way more often within the Bible are challenging calls for unity within diversity. What we find all throughout the Bible, but especially if we can zoom in on the New Testament letters... We find Paul 
And the early church essentially, pardon this kind of crude language, creating an entirely new religion or a new way of relating to God. And they are wrestling with some extremely complicated and divisive issues. And yet if you read the letters of Paul time and time and time and time again, he is not pitting us versus them, but rather his language is unifying. And it's not unifying like, hey, can't we just all get along? It's unifying in the fact that, with the idea that, hey, we are different. Jews and Gentiles are different. Men and women, we are a little bit different. You and your other people in your church may interpret this or may see things or may live out your faith a little bit differently, but we should never allow our differences to lead us to sacrifice our oneness or our unity with one another. The Bible actually flies in the face of this us versus them thinking and instead challenges us to even in the midst of polarization to cling to a deep sense of unity. Next up, uh, what we see and what even myself, uh, we so often find ourselves doing is making snap judgments and quick reactionary opinions to things. We see a video, or we look at a headline, or we hear a rumor, and immediately we make a judgment on who that person is or what that situation means. That's just our world. That's the world we live in. And unfortunately, the Bible just doesn't work that way. Um, The ideal reader of the Bible is someone who is willing to carefully and patiently interpret and apply the words of Scripture. And I would say that it is when we too hastily make snap judgments or we make our opinions too quickly, and that is when hurtful and unhelpful interpretations and applications of Scripture make their way into the world. It's when we treat the Bible like a New York Times headline and we just make a snap judgment over what this verse means and what Paul was actually talking about in that time. It doesn't matter what he was talking about in that time because I know what this means today, and therefore I'm going to treat you, other person, as X. That is not what the pages of Scripture ask of us. But a wise reader of the Bible carefully and patiently gets the whole story reads the context surrounding that singular verse, does some work to understand the historical and the social context surrounding the church at that time or surrounding Israel at that moment. And it is out of that, that deep, careful investigation, that we find a life-giving interpretation and application for our time and in our day. Again, that can't happen as an instant reaction. That is something, once again, to go back to an earlier point, we have to prayerfully meditate on over time. Another thing we often see in our culture that we're so used to is engaging in what I call content that numbs. It's escapism. It's a reality TV show, or it's a vlog, or it's 
you know, scrolling through TikTok, it doesn't necessarily often make us feel great. It just sort of numbs us and helps us forget about what's going on in the world. And once again, when we treat the Bible as that, as this escape from the world, or as an opportunity to numb us out. First of all, the Bible's not going to do a very good job of that because it's not really there to entertain you and numb you. And secondly, we will mishandle Scripture. When we use it or think of it as an escape, we actually miss that the words of Scripture are actually a wisdom that convicts us and transforms us and call us not to escape from this moment, but to lean into this moment because this now moment matters to God, as does eternity. And so, you know, in this way, Scripture does not offer us a numbing agent or an escape, but it challenges us with convicting wisdom that is meant to transform and change us, which is not as comfortable and not as easy, but it's what it's meant to do. And then finally, my last point in this post was uh, in our world, in our modern Western world, we are used to a way of living that is centered around ourselves. We are used to me-centered living. And when we come to the Bible with... uh, thinking it is just about us and reading it uh, only from a personal standpoint and what is God saying to me, while there is wisdom and while there is encouragement and while there is hope that the Spirit will speak to us individually at at a personal level through Scripture, what we see far more often is that what the words of Scripture do is they push us and they pull us toward a more God and other-centered way of living. Jesus, when asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That is essentially how Jesus summed up the entirety of the Old Testament, the entirety of the Hebrew Scriptures, and the entirety of the Bible. It is not meant to make me feel better. It is meant to pull me and push me and challenge me toward a life that is centered on loving God and loving others well. And so that's sort of the post. That's kind of uh, where that post came from and the kind of the frustrating, uh, why the Bible can be frustrating for us. And maybe to to finish it, I'll just read the caption that accompanied the post. Uh, The Bible can be tough because it requires a mindset and certain skills that are not taught or practiced in the modern day, especially in the U.S. And so we run into trouble when we try to engage with the Bible like it's a tweet or a YouTube video or a presidential debate or a Facebook rant about that debate or even an inspirational sermon. We've become so expert at a certain way of engaging. And that way of engaging does us very little service when trying to read, understand, and apply the Bible. That, that is where we've gotten so far. And maybe at this point, you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't think I can understand it at all, John. Like, should I even try? If I need to be a historian or a scholar to even begin to understand what's happening in Scripture, why would I even try to do that? That sounds way too difficult. We'll listen to this. 
This is the second half of that, uh, of that caption, and I believe this to my core. However, the Bible is also an amazing opportunity. It's an opportunity for true countercultural engagement. It is an opportunity to practice another way of reading and thinking, one that we are not taught in the modern world. It's an opportunity to step into another culture and time and to ask what we share, what we don't, and why it matters. It's an opportunity to look past what is current and urgent and to meditate on what is eternal, which will ultimately change the way we look at the current and the urgent. What the Bible does is it offers us an opportunity to step into another way of looking at the world, another way of thinking, another way of communicating, another way of interacting in the world that we are just not taught today. And so my encouragement and my challenge to you as you go today would be to, as uh, biblical scholar Tim Mackey says, to love your ancient Israelite neighbors well when you read the Bible. To read it first and foremost, to the best of your ability, at this current time on your spiritual journey, to do your best to read it on their terms. And then to carefully and patiently and prayerfully ask how these words that are thousands upon thousands of years old, what life and what encouragement and what conviction and what hope and what transformation do they have for me today? And here's perhaps the hope that I want to leave you with. Because I know it can sound very intimidating. It can sound like, gosh, do I need three doctorates to even start to understand the Bible for myself? One foundational belief in the Christian church is that the words of Scripture, while they were authored by humans, were inspired by God himself. That these human authors were empowered and motivated by the Holy Spirit to write these words. And what I want to encourage you is that the same Spirit who inspired the writing of these words that same spirit is empowering you to read and understand and apply them thousands upon thousands of years later. The, in a sense, author of the Bible is with you as you are reading it. And so would you not read the Bible and go through this entire interpretive process that we've talked about would you not go through it on your own power or based on your own cleverness or your own education? But would you do it in submission to God's Spirit, in openness to the Spirit who is with you and who is speaking to you and who is giving you wisdom, the wisdom that you need to translate these ancient words for our modern time in a life-giving, God-loving, and others-loving way? Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the John Cast. If you enjoyed it, please 
leave a review. That is so helpful. Also, if you like this podcast uh, and want to continue hearing it, please consider becoming a, a member of, a supporter of us on Patreon. Uh, for as little as $1 a month, you can make sure that I am able to continue to put out this podcast. Uh, it takes care of all the expenses that are incurred and the time that it takes to put out these episodes. So please visit the Patreon link in the description. Even just $1 a month really helps uh, to continue to put this podcast out for you. That is all I have for you today. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you all. Good luck with your Bible reading. Keep being awesome.